Hello and welcome to Half Damage, an actual play D&D podcast produced by Crit Chat. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell that guy that you think you might know him, but you don't really know where you know him from. Previously... We should figure out what we want to do in town. I think we need to find that lady in yellow. We should talk to these watchers. Any other ideas? We have all these weird predictions about wine. Fang, were you looking for someone in yellow? Yeah, I was. From under the hood, you see a pair of very bright eyes and the hint of long, pointy elven ears. Uh, hello, can I uh, help you with anything? I hear you're the person to talk to about some werewolves. I could tell you a couple of stories if you would like to sit and listen. Would you like me to play accompaniment? To the west, you must go to find them. Other side of the Lake Baratok. I know of a boat and a tower that may help to get you across. My name is Rectavia. And she gives a wink and... For a second, you see her eyes flash a different color. I walk up to the two guys and I ask what their names are. We're the Watcher Brothers. Watcher Brothers? (laughs) Watch your brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to go get some wine. It's like seven o'clock in the... Never mind. There's like six big barrels of wine. How fine would you say that that wine was? Do you have any empty casks? They ran out a while ago. We need to get them refilled. So you would say that not a drop remains. Very specific wording. You are looking for a very different cast to these. I'm in need of more wine. If you are able to bring me back some, maybe we can talk a little bit more. Do we have a deal? Get ready for a time jump, baby. This is showbiz. Our four heroes gather in the tap room of the Blue Water Inn after making a deal with Irwine. After Flavorfest tomorrow, they must journey to the Wizards of Winery Place to help them get their next shipment. In a rare moment of peace, they have the whole day free, and in an attempt to get everything done that they want to do, they split the party. They confirm with each other their plans and then head off on their own way, because they've all got somewhere that they have to be. The door of the Blue Water Inn opens and out steps Fang, covered in dirt, baseball cap on her head, and ever-present scowl on her face. The day is Fang, so where's she going? I assume before she left, she would have asked where the smith in town is. Yeah, um, yeah. So she's just gonna make a beeline for that place. You head up to uh, the where you were told that the smith is, and you see a lovely sign with the words, or else, emblazoned across it, or spelt O-R-E. Oh. <laughs> Fang sighs deeply <laughs> and walks in. You you walk in and uh, you see a girl like maybe maybe a couple of years older than you doing the whole hammer and anvil. She's got like a bleach blonde high pony is wearing just like the most vibrant pink dress you have ever seen in this world. And when she notices you're there, she goes, oh, hey, how can I help you? Welcome to the or else. This world was created to torture me. (laughs) Hi, uh, I need a a silver weapon. Okie dokie. She like looks around and says, well, unfortunately, we've not really got any in right now. They're kind of in short supply. You know, everyone wants one. Get get rid of those werewolves. Okay. She'll she'll pull her, her battle axe out and say, can you like make this? Silver? Is that a thing you do? She comes over and kind of like inspects it and sees the dried blood, I'm guessing, all over the fuck. Yeah. And she like scrapes some off with like a very manicured nail. Oh! Oh, well, this is cute. What? So you want me to silver it? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I'm sure I could do that. Uh, well, for the silver, uh, it would probably be around 10 gold to cover it and an extra five so that I can, you know, get paid for doing the work. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, about that, you know the, uh-huh. you know the Burgermaster? Uh, yes. Yeah, he, he like. <laughs> it's hard not to. Yeah, yeah, no, because he like runs the town. Uh, I'm, I'm a guest of his. Uh, and he gave us free room and board at the inn. And he was also like, hey, hey, hey dudes, if you want to use my tab it or else, that would be, uh, Totally cowabunga, and she'll, like, shoot some feeble finger guns at her. Well, that super does sound like him. 
Uh, roll me a deception with disadvantage. Ah, oh, disadvantage. <laughs> that was a spot Does on impression. Does it have a tab? Yeah, I do that. Someone's got a tab. <laughs> That's a five. Well, um, I would feel better if you maybe brought him down here so that we could work it all out, you know? What if he was busy and I brought a representative <laughs> of his... Family to speak on his behalf. Would the member of the family be paying for it? Oh, you you only need the money when you're done. Well, the way you say that makes me a little bit suspicious about what might happen in the meantime. Well, no, so. I mean, how how long is it gonna take for you to to do it? I should have it before the end of the day. Oh, I can make fifteen gold by the end of the day. Okie dokie. That sounds great. Sure. So I, I do have ten gold. So I just need to make five gold by the end of the day. So uh, alternatively, uh, if you have uh, any silver on you, not silver pieces, unfortunately, they're not pure enough to get melted down and everything. But if you have anything silver, I could use that. Fang like pats her pockets down, knowing <laughs> she doesn't have any silver. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I'm I'm fresh out. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you know? <laughs> Just... Yeah, you know what? I just like to present it as an alternative, but mm-hmm. I, I get not a lot of people have just silver lying around, you know? Yeah. Do you want to leave your axe with me and I can get started on it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, totally. She looks a lot frailer than she is. Like, she just, like, heaves it like it's no bother and kind feel, of like... I feel like there's a minute where Fang, like, doesn't let go of it. She's like... <laughs> yeah. Fine. It's okay. I get, I'll give it back. It's fine. Okay. She takes it. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and scrape the blood off first. Oh, but that's uh, that's how you season it. It's like a cast iron pan. <laughs> you leave or else and head out to... Uh, I leave. Or else. Or else. <laughs> So you've got you've got other things to to be doing today, including making five gold somehow. So I'll do the I'll go to the watcher house now. And definitely while she's walking, Fang keeps doing that thing where like you have your wallet in the wrong pocket, where she goes to look for her axe and it's not there. Except she like she doesn't have it. Feels like she left Aww. her house without her keys. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So you you head to where um, where Victor told you that the the watcher house is. It's kind of mansion like, but it's like a dilapidated mansion. It's definitely fallen into some form of disrepair. Fang will knock on the door. From above you, you hear like a little slide as a a little slat at eye level opens. But it is eye level for a human. (laughs) So you just see a slat open above you and kind of vaguely see like a pair of eyes look one way, the other way, go, and then close it again. Knock again. Again. Down here, chief. You see like the eyes pressed real close (laughs) to the door and kind of like trying to find a way to see and goes, I kind of like step back a couple feet so they can see her. <laughs> I'm here to talk to uh, the the. Oh, I didn't ask enough about this family. <laughs> I'm here to talk. Is the key, is the owner of the house home? I'm not here to sell something. Ex- except oppor- opportunity. Oh boy. Oh no. It's in that one. <laughs> we don't need any opportunity. Uh, oh, 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 man. Oh, I want to I talk to you about the Burger Master. There's a slight pause, and then, like, very slowly it starts getting drawn across. You just see one eye peeking out. What about him? Well, I think he kind of sucks. You clearly think he kind of sucks, so I thought we could talk about, you know, how much he s- sucks. Hold on. <laughs> like this. Uh, you hear like boom, 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 boom. as little footsteppies go away. And like to Charlie Brown here. <laughs> and then back, back, toddle, toddle, toddle. And then the things I went, how do we know you're not a vampire? Uh, I don't know. Get, do, do a vampire thing to me. Show me, show me a cross <laughs> or like, I'll eat some garlic. Vampire stuff, you know? Hold a mirror up to me. Hold on. <laughs> And like closes the door and gets a mirror. And I, don't know if he I don't know if he knows what is going on. He like opens the slat and like holds up and goes, "What now?" Do you do you see my reflection in the mirror? Do you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Puts it down. Wait. <laughs> You're doom, 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 doom. and the <laughs> then you just hear a. It's like someone gets smacked upside the head. Thanks, so confused. There's a toddle back. The door kind of like slowly opens. It goes, 
don't come in. It gives like a weird wink at you. Okay. So is that a, should I go away? Um. Oh boy. Is there anyone else I can talk to? Yes, but they're inside. Can they be here instead of you? He's <laughs> like, um, say you drop something inside. Could you get that? I dropped something inside. <laughs> yeah. Can I get it? Can, <laughs> can you? Fang will, like, one hand on her, like, hand axe will, like, lean in. Stands back a little further. <laughs> She'll, like, take a hesitant step in. Don't. <laughs> Do you, I'm getting very mixed messages here. Should I leave? Is, is across the door enough? And you just hear a, oh, yes, it's fine. Jeez. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, it's fine, I guess. Okay. Fang will, like, awkwardly walk in. And see who she was talking to. So the the guy that you see that was behind the door is a little short, bald head, has two eyes looking two different directions. Okay, you're not a vampire. Kudos. Thanks. Would you like to see the lady of the house? Uh, Yes, that's yes. And he gives you like a follow me with his arm. (laughs) You get taken into the parlor. In the parlor, there are three elegant couches that surround an oval table made of black glass and in front of a, a nice warm fire, above which hangs a portrait of a smirking nobleman who has a big old broke ass nose and a big old tangle of gray and hair. And there's a couple of other portraits all along it. In one of the chairs sits the lady of the house, Lady Watcher. So like, sit down across from her. <laughs> you sit down across from her. She's, you can tell, she's a pretty, she's a tall lady. She looks like she's never smiled a day in her life. She sits forward and steeples her fingers. What do you want? Hello, uh, Lady Watcher. It's nice to meet you. You're uh, dirty. Yes, I am. Good observation. Uh, my friends call me Fang. So you can call me Fang, because I want to uh, be, be a friend. I decline. Uh, well, hang on, because you haven't <laughs> heard my pitch yet. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for $100,000 in 10% of my company. <laughs> decline. <laughs> no, hang on. Uh, I I visited with the Burgermaster yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I know you don't partake in the festivals in mm-hmm. town. Uh, and I respect that, because they're weird and gross. I hate them. <laughs> they are weird and gross, you're and like, right. Look at me, I'm pretty weird and gross, and I think they're weird and gross. That really says You something. are weird and gross. No, you yeah, that's... correct. Yeah, I tracked mud in here. It's it's gross. Good. <laughs> Was there a part where I'm supposed to enjoy your company? Yes, yeah, hang on, we're getting there, I hope. Right, where was I? Okay, yeah, you don't take part in town. I have a narrow scope of interests. My interests involve making sure my property is not broken into by ragamuffins, which, uh, Scratch not going off. great so far. <laughs> and doing everything in my power to overthrow the incompetent bastard that runs this town. Okay, well, see, I already messed up part one of that, and I apologize, but that's why I'm here. I think... I can maybe help you out with part two. And how will you do this? Me and my friends, we uh, we got in the Burgermaster's good books. He likes us. We're actually going to be his guests of honor at some festival coming up. And if you were to maybe use that to your advantage, I'm, I'm going to level with you. He He's just kind of annoying, but his his wife is where the real power is. She's the one I'm, I'm not a fan of. Yes, she is complicating things. You know, if we just sort of pushed him aside and let him keep making burgers and set someone like you in charge, someone like competent. Make a persuasion. Oh boy, that's gone so well for me today. It's gone so well. Eleven? She's very she's very hard to read and to kind of know what she's thinking. But she she sits forward, uh, with her fingers still steep and goes. And what exactly are you wanting for this apparent service you're going to provide? Feng uh, leans in and she turns her baseball cap around. <laughs> it's serious now. I want you to guarantee that the burgermaster and his son won't be harmed. 
they're innocent in all of this. The Burgermaster is an incompetent fool and deserves to be treated as such. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean he should be killed. We're all dummies sometimes. <laughs> it just happens to be the dummy in charge. That dummy has sat idly by and done nothing to help his people. Well, then we get him out of the way and you help the people. I just, I don't, I don't think he deserves to die. I, I guess, like, throw him in jail. I don't care, but, you know, may, maybe don't do that to his son. Possibly. Okay, and the second part is, you, you gotta help me and my friends. I, I guess our, like, end goal is, like, overthrowing Strahd? She stands up immediately and oh. points at the door. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I think it would be best if you left... Fang's gonna stand up a little defiant and be like, Really? That's what that's what pissed you off? This rug is like super nice and I got mud all over it, but I say I wanna take down Hugh Jackman and you get pissed. She turns around to look into the fire and is silhouetted in your view as she kind of gazes up at the man that is in the portrait above the fire. Strahd has abandoned us for quite a while here, but that is because we have been defying him. If we are just to, say, let him have his way here, he would make it better. The incompetence of the Burgermaster has been to try and keep away that which might actually give us some kind of hope around here. Wow. You're even worse than he is. <laughs> She's like, snaps her fingers, and the uh, bald-headed man that arrived at the door with you kind of like takes like a forceful hold of your arm. I think it'd be best if you left now. Uh, Fang will like pull her arm out of his hand and sort of like fix her clothes, making more mud fall to the floor. <laughs> be like, good day, madam. And then kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of wait for a second to see if she answers. No. And then she'll she'll look at the guy and be like, "Good day," and wait for an answer. <laughs> he he kind of like looks at the, at the at his mistress and sees that she doesn't answer, and he kind of looks back at you and just gives a little shrug. I said good day, and she just storms out. <laughs> you know what? On the way out, do I see any silver? I was hoping for this! Like, <laughs> she wasn't thinking about it earlier, but she definitely wants to steal from these oh, people yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me an uh, investigation. Uh, 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you're walking out, like it's it's like a bit tarnished, but like your eye catches a glint of a shiny, probably silver candlestick and a, and a little table on your way out. Is that guy still following me? He's not following you. He is in a position where he could see you. As Fang kind of walks towards it, she's gonna like whistle innocently and kind of look up at the ceiling. <laughs> and then she's gonna fake trip and fall forward and like grab the edge of the bureau and pull it down with her. So Ooh. the candlestick falls to the ground. And then as yeah. she's like gathering herself up, she's gonna like stuff it under her shirt. Okay, we're gonna do two. <laughs> the first is performance. He. Wait, who? do you want performance or deception? I'll let you do either. They both suck. Both <laughs> <laughs> not great. That's the third ten I've rolled in a row. Uh, it's an eleven performance. Well, it's a little bit three stooges. <laughs> As Fang is like gathering herself up, she's like, "Oh, I must have slipped. All the mud on my feet so made me slip." Is what happened. <laughs> I don't know how else to do this because the guy that was at the door is definitely looking now. And Lady Watcher kind of like has done the cool, the cool villain thing where she turns a little bit but doesn't properly look over her shoulder because she's too cool for it. Come on. That is a small number. <laughs> Eight. Oh, wait, wait, what? No! Oh, God! Bye! Just... And Fang just, Fang just leaves. She's gone. <laughs> oh, actually, this is fucking perfect. As the, the guy that saw starts running after you, you, you start running away in turn, try, try to escape. Mm -hmm. And you just feel like you get an extra little burst of speed out there. Maybe like an extra 10 foot of movement that you didn't used to have. <laughs> I was going to say, because... <laughs> it's almost like my movement is fast. And so yeah, you make it out there with a silver <laughs> candlestick, candlestick and the ire of a family. <laughs> it was Fang in the Watcher House with a candlestick that <laughs> doomed the party. You could run to the inn to hide for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that makes, that yeah, makes sense. I, yeah, I feel like that makes okay. sense. She runs to, to Lilo. Running in with stolen merchandise, not merchandise, <laughs> just stolen property. Yeah. Uh, you, 
you run into the room to lie low for a little bit, but find like a bull in a china shop. You have clattered into where Camilla is kind of sitting, uh, surrounded by her nice tea set. Uh, you you've seen this enough times to know that she is in the middle of a prayer ritual. Fang will be like, hey, go. And just like, <laughs> she's like, kind of like slow back out. Yeah. Huh? What? Oh. So Camilla, you are just sitting in the middle of the room in the Blue Water Inn, having just finished setting up your tea ritual for your good prayer time, just very, very engrossed in your work, and it's only on the periphery of your hearing that you hear, like, a slight mumbling and then the slamming close of the door behind you. What does your whole tea set ritual look like? Um, I think it's mostly just the teapot and one specific teacup that she will never Mm -hmm. tell anyone is the specific teacup because they all look exactly (laughs) the same. This one just has like one scrape different. Everything's squared away and it's just the teacup, teapot, and prayer book, whatever can be like perfectly square on the table. She makes sure that the tea is seeping like a very specific set of time. She's paying attention to every little detail. What is the kind of tea that you're brewing for this? It's funny because these are one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot. I think it sounds stereotypical, but I think it has to be chamomile. Um, of course it has to be chamomile. Yeah, right? Because like, I was like, oh, should it be something fancy? Should it be something like she specific- specifically puts aside for this particular instance? And I think the answer is no. I think it's it's something that she uses all the time, but she's using it specifically for this use now. And I think that's why it took a while to realize that this was her prayer. They're kind of like ground up a little bit so that they release some of that goodness. Do you have do you have like a little like mortar and pestle where you have oh, to do like your little grindies? Yeah, I like that because that's so cute. I like the the like repetitive meditative process too. Like yeah. Uh, so yeah, you've you've done all of this and you're finally sitting at peace at your at your little table. I think that during times like this, it's difficult for you to know if it's very, if it is actually quiet or if you've just let yourself get to that kind of meditative state where nothing else around you really matters. It's just you and your tea. But to you, at the very least, it seems like it's quiet and very serene. When you take it, do like little turns so that it's it's p- perfectly nestled in your hands um, and bring it up. I think it's at that point that you close your eyes and give maybe just like a little prayer to Boldre. I think there's a particular page that she always opens up to. Like there's one prayer that really speaks to her. I think while she's holding the teacup and while the prayer book is out, she just kind of closes her eyes, inhales the steam and just goes, Boldre, this has been possibly the hardest challenge that I've ever faced. And I am scared. I am really scared. And I really want to keep my friends safe. And I really want to go home. And I'm lost. Please, Baldre. Help. It's then that all of the steam kind of goes into your lungs and you drink it in deep and you start falling into a very deep meditative trance. And could you roll me a quick little religion check? That's an 11. <laughs> With that, uh, you you fall into your your trance and start to, from the darkness that you've fallen into, start to see images. They're not very stable a lot of the time. They kind of flicker in and out of view, which makes it a bit difficult to see what some of the things are that it's trying to show you. It's like, like you're looking into a candle that's trying not to flicker out. One of the things that you see are piles of glass, piles of maybe bottles. You also see something vast and dark, but it goes away too fast for you to actually get any kind of grip on. You then see on a slab a skeleton lying there. You hear on the peripheries of your consciousness some kind of clinking of metal that you can't quite place, and then just an echoing, bellowing laugh. The image of the skeleton that stays and it flickers and then it bursts and changes into a portly looking man who's got dark hair slicked back and graying in a widow's peak three earrings in his right ear the vision kind of draws you closer and closer and closer until you're engulfed into what is his laughing mouth into the darkness and then you wake up again and you're back in the room (gasps) okay thank you I guess (laughs) 
I think her hands are shaking at this point. Yeah. I think she she pours herself another cup of tea and looks at it like hesitantly. It's it's almost like Camille, you failed me. You know, like <laughs> not to sound ungrateful for the help because I I do appreciate it, but I need to know I need to know I'm ready for this, and I don't know what to do next. There's a little while while you're sitting in the room that you're hoping for something else to happen, staring into your teacup and. Nothing seems to be going on. Thank you, goddess. Thank you for giving me the friends you've given me and the rituals you've given me and the life you've given me. And she just kind of concedes that she's not going to get any more information. You sit there for a little while longer until you've finished the tea in your cup. And in the leaves at the bottom, you see two shapes, one resembling the shape of an open book and seems to be in the middle of a building. And then you think, there's somewhere that you have to be. Really? (laughs) This is definitely like a chuckle and a shake of the head. Like, it's like a thank you at the same time. It's a, I have a definitive answer. I don't think it's like a throw everything down and go do, like, I think it's like clean up the teapot (laughs) and clean up the cup and like make sure it's not like leave everything on the table. Like everything has to be in her bag, ready to go. And then she goes. Camilla gets all of her teacups and teapot and all that jazz together and make sure to pack it away in a little bag. Camilla, bustling into the Library of Valaki, goes over to some of the bookshelves, searching for books and for answers that she knows her god will guide her hand towards. And as wrapped up in her quest as she is, she barely recognizes what would be a familiar shout from inside the library and just two rows over from where she sits. God, that's a quarter past... Pancho, you have settled yourself in the rarely used library in Valaki, surrounded by dusty books. Searching for anything resembling magical knowledge, you've found a couple of crumbling spell scrolls and have been trying to decipher them and copy them into your spell book. This is the part where you tell me, what spells have you found in the library? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I was really debating whether to be dark and take animate dead. Because <laughs> I thought that would be spooky, but I feel like I need to be more desperate before I take stuff like that. Ooh, actually, I like this a lot. Let's play this out in the space. Do a little, little jump back in time, because you've been here for like a wee while now, and you're pouring over the scrolls that have been crumbling away in the back. From your days in the college, you kind of know how to deal with these very old texts. I like the idea of that you going in and maybe looking for something that can kind of fight fire with fire. Roll me a little investigation. That's a 10 plus 7. 17. Shit, me! Yeah, okay, so yeah, with that, I think you, you're looking through this kind of area, and in doing so, you find the, the two spell scrolls, which you have now been poring over for most of the day. But also, you find little scraps, but they aren't a part of the ones that you have eventually used in the end. It seems to be from a different spell scroll. This place is dusty. This place is like dust covered. But on going over to where you found them, the area where those two spells were taken from is a little less dusty. Some of it's been pushed aside and there's not much you can decipher from the little scraps, but you do see that it's got some symbols on it pertaining to necromantic spells. Oh, that's was probably too too gothy anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so what is it? What are the spells that you've been pouring over all day? I picked out Fireball and Counterspell. Ooh. I think it has to be these. There's some amount of inner conflict. He's not someone who uses fighty boy magic. Quick question that I didn't consider before. Up until this point, has Poncho done any like fire magic things? Yes. Oh, okay. Those scorching, scorching rays. Ah, uh, you had your fire and glitchy rays. Bonus doesn't have traumatic memories over fire anymore. Oh man, maybe, uh <laughs> Yeah, because I just realized he didn't use it until after. So right. in retrospect, I think, yeah, that should be canon that uh, he wasn't yeah. using it deliberately. I'm good with that. That's really fucking yeah. good. What does your, um, your spell book look mm. like? So I was kind of imagining it pretty small and A5. <laughs> maybe maybe like, do you think it'll be possible to like find a new spell book? Sure. <laughs> I guess this is me registering an interest <laughs> in having a spookier spell book. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be somewhere along the road where this is possible. But yeah, you've been you've been sitting around and copying these things in for quite a while it's after a little while you remember that there's somewhere that you have to be oh what time is it 
I shout to no one in particular and hope that an attendant is nearby. The very baffled looking like older woman kind of peers around the thing. It was quarter past noon. What, what time was my engagement at? Uh, noon. God, that's a quarter past. Oh, that's a quarter more than I was hoping for. Oh, God. I'm going to get an earful. I won't be getting a scone, that's oh. for sure. God damn it. Packing all your things away, you get yourself together and start hustling out to go and find. Sorry, what'd you say? Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I hate this podcast. <laughs> Bustling through the streets of Valaki, uh, you pass by the kind of overly smiley residence before finally running into Sari, who has been spending the day preparing for the two of you, hitting the bricks to go do some old school sleuthing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what are you up to? Also, uh, Poncho is 15 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> Sari is just kind of like trying to hide and investigate people. And she has a little notebook out. And uh, she found a pair of glasses in the trash that are slightly askew. Uh, I wander over pretending not to see her. I wonder where Sari could be. I just uncrouch. And I'm like, Pancho. Oh my God. Yes. I understand why you probably couldn't have seen me. You're looking very cool and sleuthy. Uh, thank you. And I up my glasses a little bit. They crack a little bit more and I put them back on my nose. (laughs) What's your plan, guys? I'm thinking we get into disguise. And our disguise (laughs) is drawing big exaggerated smiley faces on our faces. And this will provide us with information. I I get it. We need to become one of them in order for them to become one of us. Oh, because they're all smiling. Um... Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, sure. Uh, I, I guess I could go along with that. Come hither and I will draw you a smiley face. Okay. <laughs> God, I don't even know what to make you roll for this, but you have to roll something. It would be intimidation, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> go like a general dexterity. Ciao. That is an unnatural 20, my dude. Poncho, you you look very much like Jack Nicholson's The Joker. Roll again dexterity for doing your own... What is this happening? Aha! That is a seven plus three. Okay, you don't have a mirror on you, which is maybe where you went wrong. <laughs> You're kind of like using Poncho as a mirror, like you think that that would work a little bit. The whole time I'm like, do me to... Uh, Poncho, <laughs> stop moving. I, I need to see uh, your okay. face. <laughs> so yeah, so you're just going up to people? Sorry, looks over to Poncho. Poncho, we are natural investigators. I mean, looking mm. at the rest of our party, we're the best ones to handle this sort of thing. That goes without saying. We just need to be investigative. We have to have our investigative voices on, because that's more noir, like I read in the books. Sherlock Gnome, my my favorite. Oh, and authors like Agatha... <laughs> <laughs> Nope, nope, never mind, there's nothing there. Your favorite is Agatha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you guys going out to find info about people. You, like, fakely feel like there's some nice noir music going in the background mm. that some amazing editor somewhere has put in. <laughs> Even though we're being noir, everyone has to be happy, so we have to be happy and noir. So our notes for, for this are happy but grim. So we need to be me, <laughs> but also we need to be Fang. And you, we need to be us but Fang. With a dash mm. of Camilla for personality. A Camilla Sprinkle. <laughs> oh, Sprinkle is a good name. That's one of my names now. <laughs> I like it. Poncho, give me your best happy noir. Noir? Yeah, but a little bit like this. Noir. Noir, see? <laughs> noir, see, would be a great name, too. <laughs> this is why you can't have gnomes together. <laughs> You're right, sorry. That is a good name. Do you want it? Or... Uh, rock, paper, scissors, sport. Roll off? Roll off. <laughs> <laughs> I got a one. I got a five. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about this fellow? He is a likely looking villager. You know what, fuck it. You turn to where where Poncho is directing your attention and you see a guy that looks very out of place. He's got like a trilby on. He's having a smoke. Oh my God. He's having a vape. He's having a vape. There's vape in this world (laughs) now. canon. Oh my God. It's it's one of the vape people from Vape Nation. (gasps) He looks up at you and like gives a flick to his wee trail being goes, Well, I'm a Jimmy the Spitz. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) How can I help you? Ah, well, we were helping that you could spit some deets. What kind of deets? 
dates don't come cheap around here. You scratch Jimmy's back, Jimmy scratches your back. You seem like a trustworthy man, Mr. Spitz. I'm a trustworthy to people that get on with me. Other people who get on my bad side, not so much. You should have seen the mm. last people we interviewed, right, Punch? Yeah. They, they crossed us the wrong way. <laughs> but you should also have seen the people before those people. They didn't cross us. And they left very happy and content with the, our interaction. I gave them a See? scone. See? Oh, scones, you say? What kind of scones you working with there? Depends what kind of deets you working with there. Say, uh, we got a little, uh, one-to-one, -one, uh, interaction here. Scones for information. I look over to Pancho. Do you think it's worth giving him scones? Hmm. Hey, J-Spit. Why don't you give us a taste of the goods? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, how do I know that you've got that your goods is any good? And I tease a scone <laughs> out of my pocket. I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> I'm usually not this kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh I might know something about a a man at a lake. Which lake? Let me cut Catch a peep of uh, that little scone a little bit more. <laughs> oh boy, this guy's a pervert now. I'm gonna turn into a Scarlet O'Hara. Just like wave it out a little bit more so this way you can see more of the glaze. <laughs> the uh, the Lake Zarovich, uh, one just up north from here. Is he a wizard? Yeah, yeah, is there a wizard? Okay, okay, okay. You're asking some more questions here. That's all I'm gonna be giving you if there's no scones in my palm. And I throw that little bit of scone in my mouth and I give him the rest of the full scone. Yeah, he takes it and like smells it like it was like a fine cigar. <laughs> okay, you wanna know about a wizard? That one's uh, not at Lake Zarovich. Uh, that one's around the, uh, the Lake Baratok. Oh. Been around here for uh, quite a wee while, seems like. A uh, little bit on the uh, the cuckoo banana side, if you know what I mean. Uh, I've got a lot more information if uh, you're uh, ready to give up the goods. Sorry, looks a little distraught. <laughs> well, how many how many do we want to do? I mean, I could do one to two more scones, Poncho. Let's do it. Okay, one roll each. One roll each of the D12. That's a four. Okay. That's a two. Well, have you met? Uh, have you met the Burgomaster's uh, right-hand man? Maybe. Mm. Don't know. His name is Isaac. He's a terrible man. He's the one that does all of uh, business for the upstairs. Goes out and does all the dirty work. He's the right hand for a reason. His right hand is, uh, is a monstrous deformity. And what was the other one, sorry? Two. What do you, what do you know of the festivals? That they're mm. cool and involve wolves? Well, last couple involved wolves. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They have festivals every single week. It's supposed to be a big fucking party around here. Uh, not for Jimmy the Spitz. Jimmy the Spitz doesn't look too kindly on this kind of behavior. We are supposed to have joy to keep the devil strut at bay. This latest one. This is supposed to keep him away forever. We're gonna burn up a sun. You're gonna burn up a sun? Uh, they're making an effigy, you know? Kind of wicker man shit over here, you know? Uh. See? Because you see, uh, he points up at the clouds overhead. Sunlight can't pass through those clouds. Burgomaster up here thinks that we set fire to an effigy of a sun. That's gonna be enough to repel the man. Now, I'm not any kind of science magician, but I don't know if that's gonna work. Seems like another harebrained scheme to me, see? I think you might be right, and I am a science magician. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the man, like, gives a look around and goes, Well, if, uh, if that's all from you, I'm gonna vamoose. Don't want to get all locked up for uh, speaking ill of the, 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 the festival. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm worried for you, man. You're just, everyone's meant to be happy, and you're also, you're so ah, dark. Jimmy the Spitz knows how to keep underground. <laughs> You guys blink. After blinking, you look, and you don't see him. But then you kind of, like, look down, and you see Jimmy kind of, like, undoing, like, a sewer grate. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy's like, don't look at Jimmy while he's doing his dirty deeds. <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> no, don't, don't draw attention to it. God damn it. Oh, uh Hello? No, uh, that's, okay, that's uh, still not great. Uh, throw a blanket on it. Thank, throw thank you. <laughs> As Jimmy the Spitz crawls down into the sewers. Sorry, you remember that there's somewhere that you have to be. Oh, Poncho! I'm afraid. 
And I take off my glasses and as I do, they just kind of fall apart. I'm afraid my biz needs me elsewhere. We see Sari as she says goodbye to Pancho and we jump cut to a couple of minutes in the future uh, where Sari is standing out back of the Blue Water Inn with Irina in full armor across from you, twirling her sword while Ismark sits to the side watching. Sari, do you want me to attack you? Or do you want to attack me? Or I, I go and I pick up a stick and I'm like, teach me all of it. And I go, yeah. And then I accidentally throw the stick <laughs> at her though. I don't know. Can I just roll to see what happens? Yeah, okay. do it. Fuck it. I rolled an 18. Yeah, you were, you were kind of like aiming in her direction. So like you kind of chuck it for your hand and it kind of like flips end over end and like strikes her in the chest. And she goes, I mean, you might want an actual sword, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. How'd you think of that, Ismark? I was on point. And I, I pose and I do like the Richard Nixon, but anime thing. <laughs> yeah, Richard Nixon. Never heard of peace signs being referred to as the Richard Nixon anime. Uh, Ismark kind of looks a little bit baffled for a second. He's, oh, uh, yes, it was wonderful. Do you have a weapon of any kind? Let's check this shnikes out. Oh, no, I have a rapier. I really kind of like stands a little bit back. He's like, okay, first you want to ready yourself. I use a big slash weapon, so I have to hold mine like this. You! And she stands up and, like, extends her extends her sword out in front of her like it was a rapier, and kind of, like, flips it a couple of times. And goes, you want to stand upright to the side with your shoulder facing me one shoulder away, because that makes you a smaller target for me. Oh, oh okay. And, uh, sorry, begins to maneuver herself into that position. Irina kind of comes over and squares you off a little bit more, like kind of shuffles shuffles your feety a little bit in the in the dirt. So when you come at me, you wanna kind of come from the side mm-hmm. and shuffle forward. Otherwise I will have a bigger space to attack you, which means you have a bigger space to be dead. And that's bad, right? That's bad. Yeah, there. I'm learning. So let's see. Ismark. <laughs> Ismark kind of goes, oh, okay. Uh, three, two, one, fight. <laughs> and let's give a little, let's give a little initiative okay. roll. Okay. 13. You see, you see, Irina, you're, you're, you're kind of ready to go and you kind of see her shuffle forward a little bit, but then she kind of doubles down and stands her ground. And stays where she is. Alright, I'ma do a hit! And I run over to try to attack her, I guess. Give give me an attack okay. roll, I guess. So it's a 15 plus 3 is 18 plus 2. Yeah. Roll me a damage. Uh, that's a 4. You go forward and give a jab out and like you catch her uh, between between her armor plates. And you see you see when she takes it, she immediately falls back and like gets to the ground and like clutches her shoulder and goes, Oh, you have wounded me! Oh no! And I throw my rapier backwards, which I think almost hits Ismark. <laughs> we, we pat over to him and it just goes boing <laughs> in the ground right next to him. And I'm like, I get down on all fours and I'm like, uh, Irina? Irina? And I'm like trying to give her CPR. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, was that acting? Uh, no! You wounded me! <laughs> Ismark seems to gives a sign. It's like, um, Irina, dear, it might behoove young Sorry here if we, uh, maybe actually showed her how to fight. Irina's like, oh, I just don't want to hurt her. And I don't want to hurt her. <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. I can take this. Don't you worry about me. This is my job. <laughs> like, like, Ismark stands up. You can see he's kind of struggling a little bit and he comes over and, like, nearly puts a hand on your shoulder but then gets, like, a bit like, oh, maybe, no, maybe, no, no, no. <laughs> Just kind of like, Irina, when um she's uh, fighting, can be a little, a little single-minded. How, how would you feel if uh, we, um, two against one, Irina? <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. I guess we're going to roll for initiative. 
we, we cut again to you guys standing at the back of the Blue Water Inn, now getting ready for a two-on-one battle. Irina on one side, uh, and on the other, you and Ismark standing a little less sure of yourself. Irina is not really looking at Ismark, but is kind of like mouthing at you. He's like, turn a little, a little more. Oh. Yeah. A little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, okay, yeah. There. Up first is Ismark. So Ismark kind of goes forward uh, a couple of steps um, and and seems to do kind of what Irina was doing before. So instead of attacking, readies himself for an attack. Ooh, sorry, it is you. What are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna go in to hit her with my rapier. <laughs> the 16. She is going to. Parry that. So oh, you, you come up and give us a step. And Irina, she is laser focused on each of your, your blows and kind of one, two, three, four, five. How many ever times you flail, she just catches it effortlessly on her, oh on her sword. And now as you are right in front of her, she's going to do an attack. Oh, shit. I was distracted <laughs> by her hotness. It is not natural, but 20 going to Oh, you tell me, Ismay. Nine damage. <laughs> uh, you can see as it's coming across, the blade coming to contact with your side, but just before it hits, she turns it, so just the flat of the blade hits you, leaving a very nasty bruise. Ismark up now, and I think that he just yells, Oh, you might want to get behind me! Okay! And Ismark is gonna start coming forward. Uh, he's not gonna hit. Like, <laughs> he just like tries to make a slash at her, and she just, without looking, just flicks it away. Sorry. I'll just cast Tree Strike on myself. Do it. And I'm just kind of gonna step one step to the side. See, now you have plenty of spaces, Mark. You don't have to hold back. That wasn't what I. Oh, thank you for your vote of confidence. Okay. <laughs> Can I give him a bardic inspiration? Is this with your your new enhanced? Achoo! It's a five! Suddenly he feels he feels a little bit better. Irina still laser focused is still honing in on you. Ooh, oh, no, maybe, ooh, 12. I have an armor class of 14. You're kind of learning her like parrying moves. And even though it's like a big sword, you kind of knock it a little bit off kilter. Is Mark, please. Oh, plus, wait, what was it? Uh, plus, what was it plus? Uh, five. Oh, it's a 19. That's yes! gonna do it. Yes, Is Mark, we did it. <laughs> is, Mark, is Mark remembers your kind, kind words, and sees that Iron is so laser focused on you because it's you that she's here to train. And Ismark kind of uses that blind spot to come in. You see Irina, like, at the last second, just kind of notices there and go over to Parry, but it's too late, and he smashes into her side. And she kind of, like, stick steps back, and, like, you see her, like, blink out of the kind of trance. Ismark, you hit me! <laughs> And she, like, goes for it and, like, leaps and jumps on him and gives him a giant hug. (laughs) She's so, so proud. I try to also jump and then I realize how short I am, so I just hug his leg. You guys are in, like, a big, lovely hug. You were, like, awesome. And I smile really big at her and then I kind of shake my head and I'm like, Wait! Your makeup is still on! (laughs) Oh, no! And I'm like, I'm so glad that we could spend this time together. I like making families. So this is a good family that I have now. What's your last name again? <laughs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> Kulyanovich. And everybody goes, Kulyana. And I take out a little pin from my bag and I write a thing on it. I'm like, you guys are now one of my last names. Oh, my heart. Like she has embroidered on her, like her her name on it. And then I think she puts like little pins yeah. underneath it with her last name. And she puts it in front of Burgermaster. Oh, Ismark looks like he's about to cry. Irina just looks like really happy. And she like comes over, starts holding her arms out. She's like, pick up hug, pick up hug. <gasps> yes, yes. <laughs> she like picks you up and spins you around. <laughs> and it's about this time where you realize there's somewhere that you have to be. <gasps> oh, yeah. Um. See you later, family, and I run off. <laughs> do like the Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you bustle your way upstairs in the Blue Water Inn uh, to go to your room where Fang is already there waiting for you. I am so sorry. I was running late, but I'm here now. <laughs> sorry. Oh, also, sorry has a, a giant smile painted on her face. <laughs> it's real weird. 
I mean, is it? It's sorry. Uh, that's bad. <laughs> but I don't know if it gives you a lot of uh, confidence based on what you are here to do today. No, this this makes her this makes Fang way more nervous. Uh, yeah, Fang is just kind of like kicking a foot with her like hands behind her back, just like not looking at Sorry. Um, no, yeah. Is everything okay? It's, no, it's all it's okay. Everything's fine. I I kind of okay. Okay, you have to promise me when I when I ask you this, you have to like you have to be cool. Uh huh. <laughs> say it, say it, say Fang. Uh. I'm gonna be cool. <laughs> Fang, I'm gonna be cool. I think she just like mumbles something first. She's like, I just, huh? I just I I I need your help. I can hear. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I lean in every time I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fang is like just staring at the wall next to her. Like I said, I, I need your help getting ready because I'm gonna go see Victor. Sorry's jaw drops, <laughs> and she she puts both of her in front of her face. Are you gonna do a date? Hey, you probably hey no. You said you'd be cool. I put my fingers in a finger triangle in front of my face. I've never heard anyone call that a finger triangle before. (laughs) Or the Steven Spielberg. (laughs) I'm going to try to be cool. So, what do you want me to help you with? Fang Fang shrugs and she's like, I've like, I I lived in the forest for a year. I I don't really know what people expect. And she kind of like gestures at like her super muddy everything. <laughs> like the cleanest thing she's wearing is that hat. Which I want to establish is still there. Of course. I lost yeah. the wolf hat, but he did not get my baseball cap. You pulled a Ralph Waldo Emerson. And now, is my, are you talking? No, I'm mouthing. Uh, what the fuck is that? Who is Ralph Waldo Emerson? <laughs> what? Is this, is this just your friend, Emily? No. He's a famous poet. He's a very important transcendentalist writer, Ismay, in the American canon. Ismay, he famously went to a forest. Ismay, he wrote natural shit. Ismay. Yeah, Ismay. (laughs) Don't damn it. I definitely knew who this was. You pulled a Ralph Waldo Emerson, who we all know is a very important transcendentalist writer. What's it? What's a transcendentist? It's okay. What are you thinking I can do to help you win this advance? Victor. 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 (laughs) How can I use my knowledge? And I point to my face without realizing I still have the makeup on. How do I use this to help you? I don't know. Maybe like help you with my makeup. And if you have any clothes that aren't like covered in mud that I can borrow. Because mine are covered in mud. Oh, I think I can do something. And I put my hands on my hip. <laughs> this is the burger off all over again. Okay. <laughs> You're going to make her do a bunch of skill checks? Yes, of course I am. <laughs> makeover, makeover. Makeover, makeover. Makeover, makeover. makeover, 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 makeover. Oh, I don't even have to find music anymore. That's so <laughs> choice. <laughs> So, okay, what, where do we want to go first? I feel like we should do clothes first, because if we do clothes last, then it's going to ruin the hair and makeup. What are we trying to do with the clothes? We're in makeover land, where I'm sure, like, a couple of different options are presented. Fang keeps coming out, and Sorry, like, shakes her head. And Fang comes out again, <laughs> no, and Sorry, no, shakes no, her no. head. And no, Fang no, comes no. out and dressed. Sorry, give the thumbs up. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, what, what's the final look you're you're going for? Um, what are you thinking, Ian? Like, are you looking for an Amy Lee look? Are you looking for like a Taylor Swift look? Or are you looking for like a lawyer or like a lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> the three genders: Amy Lee, Taylor Swift, and lawyer. I think it's like Avril Lavigne, early yeah. Avril Lavigne. Going through everyone's wardrobe. Either Poncho or Camilla had a tie that they wore to like an interview at one point that they just brought along because that's what they thought they needed in Barovia. They got big old jinkos. You got some jinkos up in there. What the fuck do we do for this one? This feels what? Maybe like perception or investigation. I like investigation for this. So that's a twelve. Okay. I think that you got the tie and you did the 
the tie up properly. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, I just got out of school and I'm like, undo my tie, like Avril Lavigne tie. It was kind of like, oh, let's like, you know, you're gonna do your tie up. Come on, you don't wanna look slovenly. <laughs> it's got the look, but it seems maybe a little bit dressed. Like, the shoes are a little bit too big, but like, whatever. <laughs> okay, next hair or makeup? Hair. Oh, what's the hair look going for? Do you want to wash it? <laughs> I feel like that's the priority. Do I have enough time to dye their hair? Fuck it, yeah! Wait, sure, yeah. Girl, we're definitely gonna have to fix this up. And uh, I put your head into a river and I just start washing <laughs> 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 But yeah, so there, there's a well outside, so I'm assuming you just yeah. uh, dunk her head, like, in. What the fuck are you trying to do with dye? <laughs> I would assume that you're, you'd are you have to make the dye out of natural materials. Mm-hmm. Maybe a nature check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a 17. Fang, what? What hair color do you want? Black with one red highlight. Yes. <laughs> we part your hair down the middle. And then the yes. two reds a, are on yes. either. Yes. Mm-hmm. You go inside and <laughs> grab some coal from like next to the fireplace from inside the inn. Find some nice red flowers and dye those uh those front bangs. And last off, the makeup. Heavy winged eyeliner and a little heart made from eyeliner under both eyes. I don't know what to do for this either. Sleight of hand. Uh, or performance. Fuck <laughs> off, oh, sorry. <laughs> Performances for scones and instruments. (laughs) That's a t-shirt right there. 19. But uh, you you get some uh, real heavy eyeliner. When it catches the light, it's a bit purple. And yeah, we get get our final bit of the montage when you turn around and you look, you look, you look like a... Avril Lavigne's biggest fan. I don't know. I don't know what else. (laughs) I look at you and I'm like, Fang, I think you look gorgeous. How do you think you look? Fen kind of like looks at herself, kicks her her big shoes around a bit. It's just like, I don't know. I just, is is it like too much? Not enough. And I reach into my pocket. <laughs> oh, that's not okay. <laughs> I, I reach into my pocket and uh, I've made uh, a little wolf brooch oh. out of like natural stuff, twigs and little bits of bark. <laughs> and I painted it a little bit. I know you lost your hat because of hot evil guy, but uh, here's here's a wolf for you. Make me a nature check, my fash. <laughs> That's an eight, nine. I mean, it's a nice little bundle of twigs. <laughs> Fang looks down at it and goes, oh, thank you. Fang, Fang takes it and, and smiles a little. I think the back of it, you know how they have the prickleys that fall off trees? Yeah. She just kind of like sticks it on there. <laughs> Th- thanks, sorry. I, I appreciate it. And Fang goes in for like the quickest hug. Can sorry make a check to hold her? Try grapple it. I just want the hug to last longer. I'm a mountain on the bird. <laughs> yeah, grapple it. Grapple it. It's a sixteen. What did you get? <laughs> I rolled a net twenty. No. <laughs> like a cat who knows that you're gonna pet it too much. <laughs> like a shot she's like oh, oh nearly got me bitch nope i guess at this point fang there's somewhere that you have to be yep definitely not a date time <laughs> just be nice don't say anything insulting and tell him he smells good guys like when they're told they smell good tell him he smells good yeah i'm trying to sound cool am i doing it i've lived in a forest for a year i'm not the person to ask you're exactly the person to ask. Now go on your date. <laughs> All right, Fang. Yeah, uh, Fang goes to her. Not not a date. So do I have a, a fancy gleaming silver axe for my date? Because she is absolutely carrying her axe around with her. In the middle of like this good look, has strapped to her a fancy big shiny silver axe. Oh yeah. But yeah, as you're as you're walking up to the mansion, uh, you see just like streams and streams of people that, that keep coming out, and they they're all carrying a bunch of like twigs and sticks around. There's there's a lot of hustle and bustle, and they seem to be real busy doing things. Do I know what window is Victor's? Ah, uh, sure, fuck yeah. Can I throw a rock at it? I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I guess roll a, a non-lethal attack. Okay. I got like a 
24. You huck a little stone up there and it goes think off the window. Toss like a couple of more when there's no response and then you just see like the window fly open after a second and then Victor lean out. I don't know how it takes him a second because you are literally one of the only uh, two halflings <laughs> that might have ever been in his life. And but I feel that... like I stand out a bit. Yeah. Oh no, no. Like he, he, he knows that he's looking at a person. Mm. It's just like, who the fuck that? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, Fang, what are you doing? We... We had plans, nerd. Yeah, but why are you, like, hucking rocks at my window? Because I don't want to come into your house and deal with your weird family. I mean, they're all out today. Oh. Like, it's just the all the servants in here and all the people doing stuff for the lame party tomorrow. Oh, so do you, do you want to, like, hang, <laughs> hang out in there? Or do you want to go... I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> okay. And Fang will... You know what? She's going to do what she meant to do the other night and try to look for, like, a back door to this place. You go around the back. That's all the gardens. There's still people coming out of this door as well because everyone's doing everything. But it seems to be some food that's coming out of here. It's easy enough. Like, there's enough people there that everyone's kind of busy with their own shit. You you reach into a kitchen that's full of people cooking, one of whom is not the Burger Master. Is the other one the Burger Master? The other one is the Burger Master. You solved my riddle! <laughs> nah, there's no Burger Master. Okay. So she's kind of like... Edging around them to the stairs, yeah. You see the stairs that are in the kitchen and kind of head up those to the second floor and see, like, Victor walking out of his... The, the, the corridor where his room is. And he goes, why are you coming through, like, the back way like a fucking creepo? Because there's a bunch of people coming in through the front and they're, I want to talk to them. There are people going in through the back as well. Yeah, but less people. You're really weird. Okay, why do you look like this? Come, come on. <laughs> like, you have, like, <laughs> gestures. Fang looks down at her outfit, like, a, a little scared, and it's like, oh, sh- oh, shit. Back in his weird, creepy, postered room. <laughs> give me a little, give me a little perception check. Okay. Uh, rolled a 23. From yesterday, you see that he's cleaned up his room a little bit. Fang assumes that's because she tracked mud in here. <laughs> You'll see that, like, he has got an extra number of piercings. Well, fake piercings, <laughs> yeah. obviously, but, like, they look to be his good, uh, <laughs> fake piercings. And is a teenage boy, so apart from maybe the fact that he saw that your hair was different, maybe... I don't know if he knows anything else is different. As a former teenage boy, I can I can confirm. <laughs> so, like, what have you been doing today or whatever? Well, I went and got my axe silvered so I can kill some werewolves. And she'll, like, show the axe. But they clean all the blood off it, so, like, I have to start all over again. Ugh, that's super lame. I hate it when people take, take your blood off of you. I know, right? <laughs> like, and then I, <laughs> I went to the Watcher house... I found out they they're not they're not great. So I so yeah. I stole some stuff from them. Like, you what? I stole uh I needed to pay for my axe and I didn't have enough. So I stole uh, a silver candlestick from them to pay for my axe. But don't te- don't tell anyone. I mean, okay, like it's kind of cool. Whatever, whatever. It's got luck. No, it's, it's what, you know luck. it's whatever. I like I <laughs> pit, pit, I was super smooth about it too, and cool. I definitely. <laughs> didn't get caught while I was doing it. I made it look super smooth and nobody noticed. I don't know if we have to roll a deception for this. <laughs> and he just pauses for a second and is just like, you're like super weird, you know that? She kind of like looks him up and down. She's like, I mean, I mean, yeah, look, who, look who's talking. He looks at you for like a hot moment and then kind of looks around the room like someone else would fucking be there. Hey, like, okay, so, like, I didn't, like, tell anyone about yesterday, and, like, I'm not gonna tell anyone about the, uh, the candlestick thing, so, like, I'm being pretty cool about things. Can you keep a secret, though? Yeah, totally. I I owe you one. Come on. And he, like, stands up and just immediately leaves the room. Okay, she'll, she'll, like, jump to her feet and, like, grab her axe and walk along with him. He's got a bit of a weird energy to him. Like, his shoulders are a little bit hunchy. He goes kind of fast to where you know is the Burgomaster's room from when you interrupted him going to sleepy buys. <laughs> he has to go and stand on the bed, and you see him reaching up to pull down a drawstring. Um, and from there, you see uh, a ladder descend. This is just kind of where I go sometimes. And he, like, climbs up. Fang will 
climb up behind him. Teenage boy again. He like, he, like you can get up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know this. You're strong. Definitely You're stronger strong. than him. He's so much stronger. But like, as you get to less, he says he like holds his hand out to like try and help you up the last little bit. I think Fang lets herself be helped up by him. <laughs> Welcome to the experience of every girl. <laughs> in high oh my school. god. I finally understand women. <laughs> DD helped me understand women. <laughs> so you go up into the attic, it's got a whole bunch of old furniture that is no longer in use that's like draped over in white sheets. Oh yeah, he kind of leads you on a little path through a bunch of the junk. And you see one of the walls, there's a little Skull, little skull, carved into a little door on the back. He kind of holds the handle and looks back and goes, you're not going to tell anyone, right? No, no, I'm not going to tell anyone. Okay. And he, he pushes open the door. As he does so, you can see little glyphs kind of appear around the skull that's carved in. But they disappear as soon as he as he clicks it open. As you go into the room, you see that there's a whole bunch of old mismatched furniture in here. All the tables in there are strewn with bits of parchment where, where there's a bunch of strange diagrams drawn all over them. There's a dusty rug that covers the floor in front of a pine box on which lounges a skeletal cat. There's a lot more skeletal cats that are walking around. Victor turns and it's like, I don't know, is this just kind of where I hang out? Dude, you have pet skeleton cats? I mean, yeah, I kind of made them. That's so cool. And Fang, like, goes <laughs> over to them to see if she can, like, <laughs> pet them. You go over to the lounging one and kind of, but it's weird. It's very strange. Because yeah. it's not, like, it kind of makes a, <laughs> like a bone rattly sound as you pat its head. But it gives, like, a weird bone grinding purr. Victor looks... You can see, like, a little smile on his face. Now that he's in this room, you see that uh, Victor looks kind of more, a lot more animated. Normally, he doesn't care about anyone or anything, but in here, this is something <laughs> that you can see he actually, like, cares about. I mean, like, whatever. I found, like, some of these, like, old magic things down at the library that, like, no one had touched for, like, hundreds of years. And he gestures over to a big tome-like book that you can see is just filled with scraps of paper. It's got this weird dark leathery cover and is a bit peeling at some of the corners but it looks grim and it looks dark. No one thought that anyone could do anything with it but they didn't know me. They didn't know like what I, I could mean, do. What, ca what can you do? You see as he walks over and starts kicking back the rug in the middle of the room and he goes... They said that I can leave when I turn 18 because that's what the contract is all about, but I'm not gonna stick around for, like, another year. I'm gonna show them that they can't keep me here like a prisoner. He pulls it all the way back and there's a huge glyph on the floor that is shimmering around its edges in, like, a very faint but still present red energy. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>